my career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Hello, man. This is a, well, it's kind of a monumental episode because we are at episode 200 of 40-plus Gay Men Gay Talk. Thank you for being listeners and putting up with my sass and my voice and my opinions on everything, but also thank you for tuning in and listening in because today we're going to approach the subject of finding love, letting Cupid's arrow hit your heart. And I know some of you are going to go, oh gosh, here we go again. No, don't, no, 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 no. Don't go there, guys. Let's, let's keep an open mind. You're not too old. Yes, there are still men available. All these things that you try to throw trash at, you need to be a little more careful. Now, when I decided that this was going to be the episode, it was because I have somebody who's very, very familiar in this little world. He's played with some global companies, and he's actually at one that some of you may have tried to use to find Mr. Right. He is Michael K. He is the head of global communications at OKCupid. And Michael, I am so excited to have you here. I know you've done more than all that. I mean, I'm looking at this guy's credentials. Cosmo, Elite, Daily Forbes, Good Morning. I mean, he's, he's, he's been featured in a lot of places. So he is the expert. I'm going to shut the fuck up. He's going to tell you all just exactly how to find your man and what to do. But um, welcome to the podcast, man. So glad to have you here. I'm so happy to be here, but I'm even happier to be here on episode 200. That's an honor. It's kind of, it kind of blows my mind because I have another, you know, I have Life Closet podcast too. And I remember like each little milestone, each little milestone. This one kind of snuck up on me. I was like, oh my gosh, we're, oh, okay. We're almost to 200. And I didn't know that this is where this one would get, but um, it is exciting and it's a lot of fun. So you can tell by the, my intro, we're like a little bit like, we'll just be trash talking sometimes and like, you know, call people out. But I want to be truthfully upfront. Like this is probably one of the biggest things in my work as a coach with gay men is the dating, finding love, um, walking away from toxic relationships, staying in relationships, even when it gets hard. And so okay cupid is kind of one of the doorways in so i just like to know why you personally are like i love being in this kind of a setting because you guys got to get a lot of trash thrown at you too <laughs> you haven't found me mr right why not yeah well i was an online dater so i have experience on many apps and the reason why pun intended, I fell in love with OkCupid is because yes, most of our users are straight, but as a gay man myself, what meant a lot to me was the platform's commitment to inclusivity. You know, we've, we were the first one to introduce the pronouns feature, the first one to expand gender orientation options. We've worked with human rights campaign and glad for years. And each year we do something that makes I think the dating experience for gay men a little bit easier. One of the latest things we did was expand our 
identity options to help people match with someone who might be a better fit based on their identity. So we have terms or identities that gay men can use like bear and bottom and drag queen and hard femme, high femme. So we're constantly innovating our app to be as inclusive as possible because we wanna make sure that any dater that comes to our app, any type of relationship that they're looking for, they feel welcome, they feel safe, and it's an easy experience for them to navigate. Because as you said, dating is hard. I'm never going to say dating is not tough. It's nope. absolutely a job. Um, so you got to put in the work. Well, you do have to put in the work. And I think this is where people sell themselves short. You know, it's, it's kind of like anything. I mean, I, I coach professional speakers on the other side of my life and they're all excited to be on stage and everything. And I'm like, well, guess what? You got to work to get on those stages. You got to go find the gigs. You got to create the relationships. And I was actually talking with one of them the other day and knowing this podcast was coming up and I'm like, I'm going to use that metaphor. <laughs> it's just like getting on stage to do a keynote. You know, it's like, you can't just wave. I wish we could wave the magic wand, but then that wouldn't be any fun. You know, I think you got to go through the challenges and the kissing a lot of princes and saying, no, I don't want to just jump in bed. And okay, maybe I do just want to jump in bed with you. You know, I think the fluidity of being in the dating world and I, okay, I'm truly confessing guys, 21 years in my relationship. So it's been a long time since I've been there. I, I understand that, but I got two little, not so little people in my life who are going through the dating world right now. And I watched my daughters, you know, I watched from afar and they've both kind of gotten lucky but it's interesting as a dad to say, so what's 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 going good for you in the dating world? And they're like, well, you got to work at it. Yeah, and I think sometimes gay men, and I hate to, okay, boys, I'm not talking trash at you, but I kind of <laughs> do. I think sometimes gay men don't want to do the work. So what have you found in your world? I mean, you wouldn't create an Instagram page and never upload photos and expect to have hundreds of thousands of followers overnight. Right. With everything that we do in our life, literally everything, you have to put in the work and you yep. have to do that on a dating app. You have to spend a lot of time crafting a really strong profile. You need to update that every few weeks. Like mm -hmm. you need to create time and space in your life to dedicate to dating, whether that's updating your profile, reconnecting with matches, messaging them, or actually even going out on the dates. Like you have to put in the work and people who go on different apps that just ask for so little of you, like mm -hmm. a name and maybe a photo, they're yep. saying that they're not enjoying online dating. They're saying that they're not getting quality matches because they're not putting in any effort. So the people that they're seeing are other people who are just not putting in the effort mm -hmm. to dating. Yeah, I posted in our 40 plus, I think it was our 40. Yeah, it was. Well, 40 plus and then I belong, well, I belong to a couple other online like Facebook groups and and I've posted like, what's one thing you appreciate about being a gay man over 40? And one guy replied that I've learned so much about what it takes to do a relationship. I just wanted to reach out and hug him right then and there. I'm like, yes, this is the thing that I think it's just the common almost the common hamster wheel thing of, but what are you putting into it? I love that you just said creating time and space. <laughs> I think too many people think, oh, let's just, you know, okay, one day a week. And, you know, and it could be one day a week, depending on your lifestyle. That's the other thing. I think some people are like, it's got to be this perfect container. You got to be doing it this many times. And, you know, all these things I'm like, well, 
you got to work and create space, but also be realistic about what that space looks like for you. Because if you don't, then you're putting even more undue pressure on yourself to like squeeze it in, squeeze it in, squeeze it in. And I think that's one of the things I've noticed in my world, and I loved your commentary on this, is when people don't put, they don't create the space or they put such a limited amount of space into it, I find they're the people who are the most vocal about how how dating just doesn't work. It's just frustrating. I'm like, you don't create the space for it. No, I, I, absolutely. And I, I feel, I, I talk to daters all the time. Mm-hmm. It's literally my job. Yep. I'm also talking to my friends who are online dating. And sometimes I'll actually go into their app with them, mm-hmm. whether that's OkCupid or Tinder or Hinge or Grindr, whatever it is. Um, and I'll read through different profiles or I'll help them with um, people who are messaging them. And there's people who you know, are not checking on the app for a few days at a time. And there are so many options out there that if someone is really into you and they're sitting there waiting for that message back, that's a huge turnoff. It shows Mm -hmm. them that before you even met in person, they are clearly not a priority to you. Um, And, you know, that's something that they're, they're not interested in, or if they're not including enough information about themselves in a bio, you're, you need to give people something to work off of in this profile that you're creating. That is quite literally the first impression you are giving someone. So you need to pay really close attention to the photos you're uploading, how you're filling out your prompts or on OkCupid, how many questions you're answering, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. app it is, you need to show someone that you are really, if that's something you're looking for, if you're looking for a serious long-term meaningful relationship, that's what you have to portray on your dating app. Well, I find it interesting and I'm not going to have you comment on this because I don't want you to bash in other apps, but I find it interesting that some guys will put all the effort into a grinder or a scruff or an Adam for Adam to get laid, but they won't put the same effort into getting a date. And it's like, you put all this in, I'm a top on this. I'm not into that. You know, uh, you know, this is what I, okay. That's all really great. I'm not going to bash that piece of it. But it, when I then say, okay, well, what would you put on an OKCupid or what would you put on a dot, you know, match.com? Or, oh, I didn't know that's a lot of work. I'm like, you have just asked me to help you with your grinder freaking profile. I'm like, why don't you do the rest? And I guess as a marketing branding person, I approach it from the perspective of you kind of got to know your audience, whichever app you're using. Do you see that as well? A hundred percent. Like I will say there's so many dating apps out there and Mm -hmm. I truly believe there is something amazing and beautiful about every single one of them, Mm -hmm. but they're all still around because they serve a different purpose. We're not all created equally. Um, Okay. Cupid, for example, we make you do a lot of work when you're creating a Mm -hmm. profile. You don't just add a name and a photo and call it a day. You have to answer multiple prompts. Um, You have to answer at least 15 matching questions. You have to add multiple photos before we even start showing you to someone else. And it's annoying. People complain about it. They're like, oh my God, it took me 15, 20 minutes, if not longer to fill out this profile. But that's by design. We want to bring in people who are in a higher intent data, meaning... Mm -hmm 
these people are willing to spend this much time on just creating a profile before they're even matched with anyone, those are the people who are going to stay and they're going to take dating seriously and they're going to take a relationship seriously. And that's why we're still around. There are other amazing apps too. If you're, you know, there are apps if you're looking for a Saturday night or Saturday nights for the rest of your life. So you need to know which app makes most sense for you and what you're looking for at this period in your life. And you can be on multiple. In fact, most people are on three, four, five dating apps at a time. So know your, to your point, know your audience, know who's on which app and why. Well, and that's why I, when I'm working with clients, so if guys like I'm really, they come to work with me and and I'm not, I wouldn't per se say I'm a dating coach per se, but it, it shows up, you know, if you're coming to work on your professional life, then it's like, well, you know, but you know, one of the things I, if I grow this, then will I have time for dating? I'm like, well, what would you like to have? You know, and then suddenly here we go. We're on that side of the world too. And one of the things I've always encouraged these guys is like, think about each different platform. First, the audience, not all are created equal. And if somebody goes from platform to platform, like you're going to do, because I know all the guys are going to do the same thing. Wouldn't it be more interesting to see you on another? Now, I'm not saying like lie or anything, but like create more a unique profile to some degree for each platform, because it's going to make you more interesting. Now, some guys are going to view that and go, oh, well, well, so which personality is this guy, right? I'm not talking about throwing stuff that's like, well, I'm a Mr. Adventure and I like outdoor experience. And then I only like hanging out, going to musical theater, you know, okay, (laughs) let's not be so totally opposite that they're like, I don't know who you really are. But it is interesting to see this diversity of possibilities. And I say, look at it like you're marketing. You literally are marketing yourself. You're putting yourself out there in many ways. I mean, Coca-Cola doesn't just, it only doesn't sell things in one place, right? It's like, it has different ways. It appeals to different lifestyles. You know, that's your thing, but I find it really interesting. So as people, I'm sure we're not going to get into all the things that people bitch about on OkCupid, but what's like a common like frustration you see in users, not about the platform, but in their dating life? What's some of the common frustrations? That's a good question. Um, I would say that the complaint I hear all the time, probably not a week goes by, is that I match with someone, I think they're really cute, I assume they think I'm cute, but the conversation is dragging on for days and there's no plan to meet up Mm. and the conversation goes nowhere. And I always ask these people, well, have you made any effort to move the conversation off the app? Because you can't be shy on dating apps. When I was Mm -hmm. on dating apps, and again, do this when you feel comfortable, when you feel safe. When I was on dating apps and I felt a connection with someone, I would literally say, this is my open, not my opening line, but this is a line I used all the time. I would say, this app is killing my battery. Here's my number. And Mm -hmm. I move the conversation off of, Tinder is what I was on at the time, off Tinder to text. You know, we ask our daters questions all the time. And on OkCupid, 30% of our daters said they want to move the conversation off the app ASAP. And 53% want to move it to text as soon as they agree on plans. So again, that doesn't mean by your third message, you need to have text to them and you have to meet up with them in an hour. But 
be mindful of how long you're letting this conversation go on because chances are if you're waiting a week or two, by the end of two weeks, they could have been on three or four dates with someone else Mm -hmm. at this point. You got to progress the conversation and, you know, move this forward. Same once you're in a relationship, you don't want to like plateau. Okay. So what do you say to the person then? That's like, I don't want it to move so fast (laughs) because I've heard that too. I think, again, it's it's all up to your comfort level. And if you want to move at a certain speed, that's great. But you have to recognize that other people are going to want to move quicker. Mm-hmm. And you're going to need to be patient. Um, be patient until you find that other person who's on the same schedule as you. Well, I also think it's, this is where one of the greatest lessons learned of being in a long-term relationship. And I've been in, well, I've been in many relationships, but I've been in two. I mean, when I was married to my ex-wife, it was 13 years. I've been with my husband now 21. So pretty longevity there. You have to just communicate. Mm -hmm. You have to right out the gate. Like, Hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. I love that. You'd like to move this off the app. I'm not quite sure if I'm right there yet, but I'd like to get there And be honest about it because sometimes people say, okay, so what makes you most uncomfortable? Be honest about that too. You know, not everybody wants to give out their text, but I'm like, hello, (laughs) you can block somebody from texting you if it suddenly it doesn't work people. So, you know, we, we are blessed and cursed with technology, but if you're afraid somebody's going to like come after you on your text, if it doesn't work out, let's be adults about it and say, you know, this just didn't work. And, you know, let's move on. Obviously, there are weirdos out there, but we do have the capability of you just literally block their number and bada bing, bada boom, done. Not what I advocate, but hopefully we can have adult conversations. I also feel like, Michael, that part of what happens is that move to move it off the app suddenly feels very vulnerable because you don't have the medium protecting you so to speak have you seen that with people too where it's like i don't know i don't know if i want to do that yeah well first there's a couple things to to react to um with what you just said you talked in the beginning a lot about communication and i love that you brought that up because when we were looking at our data we you know we found recently that communication continues to be the top of people's list for a partner this is important when you're dating this is important once you're in a relationship so it's something that you need to work on continuously and get over right. um you know singles on okcupid who said they're good at communicating actually receive 40 percent more conversations than those who don't and they're also receiving mm-hmm. more likes so it's something that's really going to benefit you in your 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 own dating life and and once you're in a relationship as well um the second point yes it's it's super vulnerable to give your phone number to someone. It's so inherently personal. And I definitely understand that. And I understand that it feels like there's a little bit of a barrier when you're on a dating app and you feel that level of protection because Mm -hmm. you can unmatch someone, remove them, whatever it is. But to your point, if someone's making you uncomfortable that you're texting with, I block them, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and move on. But I also, if, this is something that feels vulnerable to you. I would recommend do a video chat first mm-hmm. before meeting up with them in person. That's I, obviously it's not a foolproof way, right. but it's a great way to see if there's a spark chemistry and understand that's not going to happen immediately. But I, when I started dating, I was still in the closet. 
So mm. there were so many men that I spoke to on dating apps. And as soon as it got to the point where they wanted to meet up, I would block them, remove them. Mm-hmm. I would just get so nervous. I would panic. Right. Um, and with my, my boyfriend, the person I'm dating right now, we actually spoke on the phone first. We mm-hmm. FaceTimed first before meeting in person because I was so petrified of meeting mm-hmm. up with a guy in person. But that really, you know, I took that step to give him my number, but mm-hmm. FaceTiming, speaking on the phone, that made me more comfortable and feel a little bit less vulnerable after a while. We, we talked for a month. Well, I also think that if you can be honest with yourself about that stuff, like here's why. Be very solid in why it makes you feel uncomfortable. Like yes. you have to own that. You have to own that because otherwise we can all slip into, well, I'll say the thing that maybe won't offend them or I'll say something, you know, no, own it. And I would much rather somebody say, I mean, I, okay, even in the, in the friends world, right? I, I would much rather meet somebody in social settings that we think, okay, you know, we go, we've had a dinner out with a couple, like I'm using a kind of a real life example. And I don't know, we, we can't figure out why it didn't click. We were okay. It just doesn't seem to click. I would much rather you say, hey guys, it was nice meeting you, but I don't know, we don't, we just don't see you as friendship material. I would, now maybe it's because, maybe it's because I'm older and wiser and I just don't give a fuck, but tell me up front, like be honest with me because that shows me, okay, I'd much rather see you as a person of integrity than somebody who's gaslighting and all this other stuff. Like really, why? You know, but I know we live in that strange online world right now where it's so easy, like, you know, even though I just talked about blocking a number that you can block, but you don't know why, like, okay, suddenly, you know, there's no connection sort of thing. I also have seen, and I'm, I'm curious about this too, where some people are like, yes, yes, yes. I, I, this is who I am. This is who I am. And then suddenly they... And I'm not talking physically per se, but then they show up and they're kind of just, they aren't that person, but it has nothing to do with them having quote unquote lied to people. There's this other thing of how you socially show up. It's really easy with the barrier of even like we're sitting here on a Zoom call right now. It's easy for us to kind of connect here but I don't know if we met in person, if we'd be hitting it off, but then I'd be maybe trying to be something. And then I'm like, wait, let's just be honest. I'm really good when it's like this medium. I get a little petrified when I have to meet somebody in person. I think somebody who could put that out in the dating world, that honestly, I know if I was dating out in the dating world, somebody who would say that to me, I'd be like, okay, cool. Now I know what to expect rather than (laughs) we just met for a coffee or something. And there you just didn't seem to want to connect is it something i did but people are again afraid to share our dirty quote dirty little secrets about ourselves that maybe we don't know how to do some of this socially and i find it really interesting when people well i shouldn't say hide it but it's not the easiest thing for them to do so to speak yeah well first of all we'd be best friends in person um (laughs) so don't fear that um but also i you know, I think this is something that's changed recently. We've seen people become more vulnerable online across all platforms. I love LinkedIn. I'm a huge, huge, huge LinkedIn poster. I'm on it Mm. multiple times a day. And I've seen over the past few years, what people are sharing on that platform change Mm. from, I got promoted. I did this great thing at work to, 
I'm having a really tough day. I'm having a hard time managing work-life balance. I'm struggling with my deliverables and handling children. And they've just become so much more vulnerable and showing their emotional side and how sensitive they are. And we're seeing that on dating apps too. And people who are vulnerable are, you know, seeing more success on the apps now. So those things that you think might be a, you know, negative part of you, own it. If you're socially awkward, someone finds that cute. Own Mm -hmm. it. Talk about it in your, you know, bio. If you're shy, that's okay. Let people know that so that when they meet you in person, they're not like, oh, is this person not interested in me because they're not super chatty? I tend to, I I call myself an extrovert and introvert. And Mm -hmm. everyone that laughs when I say introvert, because I'm oftentimes like one of the loudest people in the room. I love to have Mm -hmm. a good time. I love to meet new people, but everyone forgets that when they first meet me, I'm extremely quiet and I'm really shy and I'm trying to like take in my surroundings, figure everyone out. And it takes me a second to warm up to you. Once I do, we are golden. We'll be dancing on the tables together, but it takes me a moment. And if I was creating a dating profile now, I would probably own that I'm a little Mm -hmm. socially awkward at first. Okay. You and I would be best friends because I'm exactly the same way. I mean, (laughs) I could be out on this. I could be out on stages. I could be out on the podcast, but my most petrifying moments, honestly, walking into any social situation with a bunch of gay men, I am just like, yeah. And it's not because I'm comparing myself per se, but I'm just kind of like, okay, I got to find the vibe. I got to find, I just got to find the right way. And I, and then kind of, I got to find my people too, but it was so interesting because my husband and I went to Costa Rica with, um, the Kaya, um, tours lgbtq tour company and we hadn't been on a gay vacation in quite some time and i remember it was almost like we pulled up to the resort and it was like little ricky came out (laughs) like oh my gosh i'm walking into the lobby i'm like here we go you know and then once it got past i'm like okay i'm cool you know every once in a while i've headed to the pool you know because i'm like okay i'm like okay whatever you know and it wasn't like there was beautiful, gorgeous bodies everywhere. But there's just these interesting social situations where I find myself going, (gasps) but it's interesting because yes, if I were to introduce myself, I would introduce myself exactly the same way. I am an extroverted introvert. And I know it's going to confuse some of you. I love the limelight. I'm a Leo. But as soon as you, I get off that stage, let, leave me the fuck alone. I need to like go (laughs) find my little corner and be quiet. But I think that's what would be endearing to some people. And some of my friends have said, I totally, I see that in you, Rick. You're so great. You're so fun out front of, you know, but it's almost like as soon as that's done, like I always say, little Ricky comes back. Like, okay, can we just go hide for a little bit? And we all have those moments. I remember years ago, one of my gay coworkers took me out to watch RuPaul's Drag Race at a gay bar. Mm -hmm. And I met with his, we met up with a couple of his gay friends And I must have been a little bit awkward. I must have been a little bit quiet, quieter than he really knew me to be. And he Mm. looked at me at one point and he was like, is this the first time you're around this many gay men? And I was like, yes, I, that was my second time in life. And I was in my mid twenties at that point, mid late twenties, second time being at a gay bar. And I, 
didn't know really how to act around this community that I really distanced uh-huh. myself from for over two decades. Yep. Um, and even now, I mean, I've been involved with the human rights campaign for almost five years. Um, and I have more gay friends than I have ever at any right. point in my life, but there's still times where I, I don't feel fully comfortable in mm-hmm. my body, in myself, in yep. you know, my personality. And I, I, I sort of feel myself closing off the way I did in high school or college. Mm-hmm. Um, again. Yeah, I find, and this, and this is where I think it's something really valuable for people who are out there in the dating world to share some of this stuff because I find myself in certain groups. So again, I'll go back to the Costa Rica trip. A pretty diverse group of people, a lot of people in their like late 30s on up, you know, I mean, it was just that style of trip. There's a certain amount of, I hate to, I hate even saying this, but there's, you have to have a certain level of income to kind of go do those kind of trips. And as I looked around, there were a lot of guys in their 40s on up to 60s. There were some others that were like, you could definitely tell they were the, you know, party circuit kind of people. And I, you know, I'd be around them and I'm suddenly like, I'm not feeling, I don't feel comfortable, not because of who they are. I'm not, I'm not bashing who they are, but it's suddenly like, I don't know how to be with them. And I don't know how to be with other people who are like extremely out, big, bold, gay energies at times, even though I know to some people that's who I am. Like, oh my God, Ricky's such a big energy, right? I get that piece. But there's this little bit of like, I just got to, you know, retreat. But I think if I shared that on a dating profile, like, here's how I like to show up. Yes, I'll go to a gay bar, but don't expect I'm going to be the guy suddenly dancing on the, you know, podium or the little blocks in the middle of the dance floor at first. Maybe by the end of the night, yes, you know, (laughs) I might be there. But it is interesting because I've had some clients who are like, well, you know, I'm not. I'm kind of not into the leather scene, but it really kind of turns me on. But I like going to those places, but I'm going to be the guy that's going to stand over in the corner. I'm like, then say that because to somebody that's going to be very attractive. Like there's like this interest in it, but this, you don't have to be, you know, it's showing how comfortable and dis- uncomfortable you are in your own skin. But I find that just, I personally find those sort of things a turn on. As a, you know, if I was looking for a mate, I'd be like, okay, that person actually spoke their truth, which we don't get a lot of in the online space, wherever it is these days. So you have what do you enjoy? Are because otherwise, I think the worst thing or one of the worst things in, in life when it comes to relationships is you don't want someone to fall in love or like with a version of you that is not the version of you that you want to be. Mm-hmm. So own who you are, because there are so many people out there. There's someone who is going to be totally obsessed with you exactly how you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think too often part of this comes from, okay, so as gay men, I, I love, you know, how you, we haven't got deep into that, but like how you said, you hid, you hid yourself for a couple of decades. First of all, we've been sent all those messages, right? You can't be this. You shouldn't be this, all this sort of stuff, right? Then we come out. We start to go live our truth. And as much as I love our community, we get the same kind of messages. You're not cute enough. You're not built enough. You're not hung enough. You're not in a da da da. And then so we start to retreat again. So is it any wonder when it comes to the dating world? And I realize this happens in the heterosexual world too. 
but I feel like there's just so many layers of it for us as LGBTQ people and especially gay men. I just feel like gay men, there's so much baggage we tend to carry that suddenly I got to make this perfect profile. I got to sell this. And I got, okay, yes, I know you, you and I both kind of talked about that, but I like sell the truth, sell mm-hmm. the truth because the truth is so much more sexy than something you're pretending to be. And I wish more people would lean into that piece. I know it's scary. I know it's vulnerable, but you will, I feel like and believe you will attract the people or the person that is truly more who you're meant to be with when you lean into those points of truth. Absolutely. We, I mean, we have so many child, different, you know, challenges, more challenges than I think a lot of, a lot of people out there, you know, growing up, I felt like I didn't fully fit in when I was around straight men. And then after coming out, I felt like I didn't really fully fit in when I was around gay men because the gay men that I saw around me, I was not as flamboyant as them. I was Mm -hmm. not as colorful. And then I felt alienated from these, you know, two different groups of people. And then as I got further into the gay community, to your point, I I remember when I was online dating and I didn't know who to be, which version of myself Mm -hmm. to be. And I felt like every different man that I spoke to, I was trying to alter myself a little bit to fit that person. And then I would have to take a step back and be like, am I interested in that? Am I turned Mm -hmm. on in that? Like, why am am I playing off of them and what I think they want me to be? Is that something I want to be? It's challenging. It is challenging because we, okay, let's just be honest. We all want to be loved and accepted. We want to be, you know, we want to be embraced. We want that. But when it comes at the detriment of your own truth and your own well-being, you got to really step back and go, okay. And I love what you said early on, like, is this for the Saturday night or is this for Saturday nights for the rest of your life? If you step into something that you're hoping is going to be Saturday nights for the rest of your life, do you want to step in with the false version of yourself or do you, would you much rather step into the Saturday nights for the rest of your life with the real version of yourself? Obviously that's a lot of times why the breakups and everything happen is like, wait, this wasn't who I thought you were, you know? And as a guy that's been in a 21 year relationship, trust me, men, it's, constant work in a really beautiful, powerful way too. I mean, it, it, it's not easy at times, but those times that it's not easy, at least from my perspective, those are the times that I've found myself, I know it's going to sound trite, growing, but growing where I most needed to learn to grow, to be better, not only as a person, but to be better in relationships. And I'm not just talking my intimate relationship. I'm talking the times that it's that I've struggled with my husband in our relationship, it helped me see like, wait, this is Rick. Guess what, buddy? This isn't just happening with the hubby. It's happening with everybody else you have relationships with too. And of course now I'm perfect. You know, let's just, (laughs) I'm practically perfect in every way, but um, what do you enjoy most about what you get to do with OkCupid? My favorite part is seeing the success that comes out of the app. Hmm. I have a whole stack of wedding invitations on my desk Mm. because people will mail us wedding invitations to our office or they will DM us on Instagram and keep us in the loop on their life. And we have, you know, 
tons of OkCupid baby onesies that we send mm. out to our daters or our former daters because people right. will follow up with us and say, hey, I've been married for a year or we just had our first kid or, you know, whatever the story is. I That's love awesome. seeing that because we all have really tough days at work mm-hmm. and being able to see that something you did played such a significant role in someone's life. It's just so rewarding. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. I can only imagine. I mean, I, I get that as a coach too. Like all, I actually was just working with one of my clients who uh, he, he he's going through some, some growth in his relationship. And then he said, well, you know, it's hard to believe that after four years that this is showing up. And I was like, I remember when you were just coming out of the closet and like, oh my gosh, you've been in this relationship four years. That's kind of crazy to me. But, you know, as a coach, I work with people and then they kind of go off and go do their world. I can't, you know, I can't keep up with every one of them. Not saying that guy's like, I care about you, but there's a lot, you know, people just go and then everything happens. But it's so interesting to see those accomplishments, especially when you've gotten to know somebody really intimately about, you know, where their struggle is. So what's your biggest lesson you think you've learned personally for your own dating life that you'd share with the guys? I know I just put you on the spot, so you can say, fuck you, Rick, but that's okay. No, I would, my parents would be very disappointed if I swore at you. Um, (laughs) I would say, and this probably goes beyond my romantic relationship too, but the importance of understanding your own communication style. Mm. I look at my, my parents are the, I think the best people in the entire world. Um, But my dad, when I was younger, had such a temper And he would get mad and say things that I know he really didn't mean. And then he would get over it really quickly, five minutes later. And then he expected everyone to move on as quickly as he did. And my mom would be like, no, screw you. You really Mm. pissed me off just now Um, because she is a Brooklyn woman. Um, She Mm. was not going to take any of that. So for me, I never want to, it's really important to me to never say anything that I'm going to regret or that's going to hurt someone's feelings. And I, whenever I would get upset or angry, I would just remove myself from the situation and, and my boyfriend would get really upset and he'd be like, no, we have to talk about this now. And I'm like, no, you don't understand my communication style. Like I need a minute to digest what I'm feeling. I need to internalize this in my head, say, what is bothering you, why you think it's bothering you and how you want to respond to it. And we've like come together in that. And he wants to respond to things very quickly. I need my time. But we've met in the middle over the years because he understands Mm -hmm. how I want to communicate. And I now understand how he wants to communicate. So Mm -hmm. I think understanding my own personal communication style and adapting to other people's as well, because it's any relationship is not one-sided. I can't just force people to adapt to my style. You just hit on something that kind of goes back to what I just said about learning from where you are, because I communication style is a huge thing. It's interesting listening to you like, okay, I'm your, I'm your boyfriend. You're my husband. So there we go. He's like, let's just like, let's work, you know, let's, I'm like, okay, this has happened. Let's get it worked out now. Let's get it done. You know, that sort of thing. What I've learned over the years though, is I am much more geared to like, okay, is this something that needs to get worked out right now? Or should we like slow it down? And not only in my relationship, but in with my kids and family and all that sort of stuff too. It's like, it's my take a breath, just take a breath. 
which sometimes for those of us are like, let's just get this for it's like, that's really difficult. It's really difficult to take the breath. But I've found it's one of the most value for me. Again, this is just my own experience. It's been one of the most valuable lessons I've learned for being better in relationships like that breath. Take the moment because there's times that somebody else will push me. I'm just like, okay, well, hold on, time out. Let's let's slow this down a little bit, which is such an interesting thing for me to observe in myself. Like, wow, I never would have said that years ago. And now to go, okay, let's, let's slow down. Let's do this because it, it adds so much depth and richness to any relationship, but especially an intimate relationship. Because some, sometimes you got to recognize where your partner comes Well, not sometimes. You need to recognize where your partner's coming from and respect that. And I think that's another piece of the puzzle that many people in the dating world at this stage this becomes, and again, I'm going to go back to what you said. If you're going to do this for a Saturday night or a Saturday night for life, it's a whole different game that you approach things through. Okay. So now we've, fi- we've, we've fixed all the dating problems. So now what sh- should we do? Should we just like each like hop plane so we can meet somewhere in the middle over the country and go hang out together or you know, something like that? Yes. Well, I'm actually coming to California in October. <sighs> well, then maybe we'll have to see if we can't get together. So, um, so what, what's one last thing, anything you'd like to share with the guys about dating or, you know, anything you got on your mind before we wrap it up here, Michael? Well, for any of your followers, the last thing I'll share is that if you're on OkCupid, if you choose to download OkCupid after this app or after this conversation, email subscriptions at OkCupid.com. I will respond to you there. And I will upgrade your account for free to our premium version just to make your dating app experience a little bit better because you can have a completely free experience on our app, but why not get all the bells and whistles for free? There you go. Awesome. So why don't you throw that email out again real quick as he's taking a cup of coffee sip. Quick quick chug on a Monday Uh, afternoon, but um, the email is subscriptions at okcupid.com. Nice. Well, I didn't expect that, but thank you so much, man. And again, guys, every app is different. I advocate like being many different places. Not that I don't say it like be a big home, and be all over the place, but you kind of have to be lots of different places. And yes, sometimes you may feel like, well, yeah, but all the guys are all in the same. Oh, that's okay. One guy may see you in a completely different way on OkCupid versus on Match.com or on Scruff or any of these, you know, Tinder, or any of those. I mean, my kids met on Tinder. And it was interesting to listen to their like whole experience. They're like, well, where else would I meet somebody? And I'm like, I don't know, walking on a hike or something, you know, anything could happen. But I think use all avenues to find what you want to find. But this is where Papa Rick's going to leave the last little nut, nut of wisdom. Be very clear on what you want and make sure you're really clear, clear, clear. Not the checklist. But knowing your heart, like, this is what I desire. This is why I desire. This is what I want to hopefully experience by wanting that. The clearer you are, the more likelihood that the Prince Charming will show up. But don't hold him to be 100% Prince Charming. So, all right, Michael, thank you, my friend. New friend for being Best here. friend. Thank you for yeah, having me. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think it, it will. I love that you gave that. And um, 
let's hopefully some of these guys will take advantage of it. And hopefully you won't yes, be emailing going, do. oh, Rick, you got your guys are so messed up, Rick. I no, never. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, none of our guys are messed up. None of you are messed up. I, I think that's the other thing. Realize you're not messed up. You just in the journey to finding what's going to work with you the most. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of 40 plus gay men, gay talk. And um, so I'll let Michael, I'll let you get back to drinking your afternoon coffee. I'm going to get back to finishing my morning coffee. So thanks for having me. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.